well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you have joined us today. Hope you had a fantastic Labor Day weekend. I I guess summer is not quite officially over in terms of the uh, calendar. We still have a couple of more weeks left, but... Uh, school, getting back into session for many Americans, and my kids have uh, been in school for about a month or so, but uh, I know that, you know, generally speaking, in many parts of the country, it is after Labor Day when uh, kids go back to school, although this year, many kids, of course, going to be uh, returning to school virtually. They'll be taking their online classes, they'll be uh, engaging with their teachers and classmates over Zoom, and this is leading to all kinds of problems because, you know, in uh, homes across the country, there are lots of kids who have Nerf guns, airsoft guns, pellet guns, things of that nature, things that are not real firearms, but that are being treated as if they're real firearms uh, whenever a, a teacher might happen to catch a glimpse of one on camera during these online sessions. You may have seen the story. Uh, it's kind of broken nationally. This is actually from a, a few days ago out of Colorado, where a, a 12-year-old, 7th grade middle school student, uh, actually had a visit from police after his teacher spotted a, a toy gun, this toy gun, uh, during a Zoom class. According to KDVR, Isaiah Elliott, uh, attends, or at least attended, uh, Grand Mountain, which is a K-8 grade school in the Widefield District Number 3, just south of Colorado Springs. And it was uh, last week, actually, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, Thursday, August 27th, the 7th uh, grader attended an online art class uh, when a teacher saw Isaiah flash a toy gun across the computer screen. The teacher called police, uh, even told police that she thought this was a toy gun, But uh, deputies with the El Paso County Sheriff's Office uh, went and did a welfare check at the home. School didn't contact the parents first, by the way. Nope. Just sent the uh, sheriff's deputies out there. Curtis Elliott, who's Isaiah's dad, said, quote, It was really frightening and upsetting for me as a parent, especially as the parents of an African-American young man, especially given what's going on in our country right now. Uh, Danny Elliott, Isaiah's mom, equally furious, uh, she said for them, quote, to go as extremists, suspending them for five days, sending the police out, having the police threaten to press charges against it because they want to compare the virtual environment to the actual in-school environment is insane. Yeah, I- Isaiah Elliott got a five-day suspension for fiddling with his airsoft gun uh, while he was conducting or while he was taking part in an online art class. Uh, And I've seen a lot of folks uh, in a lot of headlines say, you know, make make a a deal out of the uh, Isaiah Elliott's race. This was a a black student kind of giving the impression that this wouldn't have happened if this had been a white student. Interestingly enough, KDVR in Denver also reported just a few days ago uh, about another case involving this kid, an 11-year-old also in Colorado attending a uh, middle school in Golden, Colorado, who, yes, flashed his airsoft gun uh, while he was in the middle of a class, said, again, basically the exact same story as Isaiah Elliott said, you know, I'm I'm bored, I'm fiddling, I'm just goofing around, I wasn't even thinking about it, didn't even realize I was on camera. And yep, local police were called. I mean, it was the exact same situation. Local police were called. 
Now, this particular student, different school district, by the way, different different counties in Colorado, um, but this particular uh, kid didn't get a five-day suspension. He got a four-day suspension instead. Both of these stories are insane. Absolutely insane. And by the way, this is not the first time. We actually go back to June of this year, had a case out of Baltimore County, Maryland, not Baltimore City, but Baltimore County, uh, where another child didn't even didn't even have the uh, airsoft gun in his hand. It was just up on the wall of his bedroom. But a teacher spotted it. And again, called the police. Authorities were called. I don't think in that case the kid got a suspension, but the parents were rightfully ticked off and uh, righteously ticked off. Isaiah Elliott's parents, by the way, say they're pulling Isaiah out of the online school. He's now going to be going to a charter school or a private school. Uh, but they're done with this. You know, there are going to be all kinds of issues with the uh, the online schooling. My my kids are doing it. Well, one of my kids is doing it right now. Um, and, you know, these teachers, it's fascinating to me because you've actually seen some uh, instances of teachers online that have, have been really bothered by the fact that parents can listen in and parents can actually hear what these teachers are teaching. The, the teachers don't like that, but they seem to love, some of these same teachers anyway, seem to love being able to uh, pry into the private lives of the uh, students, looking in the background, what's going on there, and as soon as they see something that they think uh, is problematic, what do they do? Again, they don't call the parents, right? Which would be the first step for me and say, hey, you know, uh, Isaiah was goofing around. I'm pretty sure it was a toy gun, but uh, anyway, he was goofing around with it during class. Can you just remind Isaiah that uh, class time is not an appropriate time to play with your airsoft guns? That's all that it would take, right? That's all that it would take. And then the issue goes away. We wouldn't be talking about this today. KDVR wouldn't have run multiple stories about multiple kids getting multiple suspensions over the past couple of weeks for doing these types of things, if the teachers had only reacted proportionally. I get it. You know, if you're not a gun owner, you may be one of those people who freak out of the sight of a gun. You might not be able to tell, even given the bright orange tip there or the whatever, whatever. You see something, you are wondering, hmm, okay, what's going on here? The first call should still be to the parents. Then, if the school district believes that it's appropriate to uh, alert law enforcement based on what the parents have said, then I suppose that would be a, uh, I don't even want to call that a reasonable step, but whatever. I suppose that would be a somewhat reasonable step. Jumping to conclusions, on the other hand, and simply assuming that, well, I, you know, I, I, I think it could be a toy gun, but better safe than sorry, and might as well just get law enforcement involved right away. I guess I, I have a real issue with that. And I think that uh, whether or not you're a gun owner, and by the way, I don't know, I have no idea if Isaiah Elliott's mom or dad are actual gun owners, or if their kid just likes Nerf guns, but it doesn't really matter, because whether or not you're a gun owner, this type of uh, disproportionate response should really bother everybody. And unfortunately, I have a feeling that we're going to see far more of this uh, in the days and the weeks ahead, as again, uh, teachers are going to be exposed to 
you know, the, the, in some aspects, the private lives uh, of their students uh, and their families. And this type of overreaction is only going to do damage. It's not going to help. Certainly not. Certainly didn't help Isaiah Elliott. Uh, I, I don't think that he benefited from a five-day suspension. And there really needs to be, quite frankly, some, some policy changes here. You know, if schools are going to be operating online, uh, then there needs to be a, a real discussion about, all right, things are obviously different than when the kids are in a physical classroom setting, right? At that point, you can maybe understand, kid pulls out even a, a Nerf gun or an airsoft gun in class. Um, my first inclination, honestly, would still be for the teacher to simply say, Billy, put it away, or, or take it, and you can have it back after class. Um, that might not happen in a classroom setting. But again, we're not talking about a classroom setting now. Now we're talking about this really bizarre hybrid where our kids are at home, the teacher is operating remotely, and the teacher sees something that takes place in that home, and again, their first response is, got to call the cops, got to get law enforcement involved. I think this is going to create all kinds of trouble, not just in Colorado, but uh, in school districts across the country. So what can we do about it? Obviously, if you're a parent, you should probably tell your kids, hey, um, just so you know, this has happened. And I'd hate for a sheriff's deputy to come to our house and I hate for you to get suspended. So keep in mind that, uh, you know, even though you're on a Zoom conference call and you're not there in the classroom, don't play with your toys during class time. Give your kids that simple reminder. But I think parents also have to be proactive. And I think parents need to be reaching out to their local school board members. They need to be talking to their superintendents. They need to find out what the policy is in their district. And then they need to recommend changes, if need be. They need to uh, talk to their school board members and say, listen, we don't think it's appropriate for teachers who are watching something taking place in my home to immediately contact the police without reaching out to me as a parent first. And if you don't get the response that you're hoping for from your local school board member, take it to the school board meeting. Rally other parents. Talk to other parents. You know, you don't have to fight this fight alone. Uh, and I'm sure that there are lots of parents out there who feel like what happened to Isaiah Elliott there in Colorado is absolutely asinine. And they don't want to see it happen to their kids either. But... Unless these policies change, unless teachers are told specifically, look, here's what you do if you think that uh, a student there is playing with a toy gun, or you even have concerns that it is uh, perhaps a real firearm, here are these steps that you should take. Parental involvement, alerting the parents, that should be step number one in every one of these circumstances. But uh, again, until these districts hear from parents themselves, you know, it's not likely that these policies are going to change uh, all on their own. So I hope that uh, even though our kids may be learning remotely uh, and parents in the best of circumstances are, are not always frequent attendees to school board meetings, we've got to be a little bit more involved than we would normally be right now. Uh, because otherwise, I think these types of policies are only going to expand. These problems are only going to get worse. And you're going to have more kids 
end up getting suspended, possibly even get, you know, criminally charged, for goodness sakes, uh, for simply playing with one of their Nerf guns or an airsoft gun uh, in their own home. And I don't think that helps anybody. Don't think that helps those kids. Don't think it helps the uh, school district. Certainly don't think it helps the parents. And it doesn't help police. I mean, again, you're wasting resources when there are real crimes out there being committed. All right, let's turn our attention now to our uh, armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. I'm going to start there with a story out of Mississippi. And I got to tell you, this one made my blood boil a little bit. Because when we talk about our, our, our on the recidivist report each and every day, you know, typically these are stories of individuals who are well-known to law enforcement, but through sweetheart plea deals, they get slaps on the wrist, they're put out back on the streets, and then they go on to commit or are accused of committing other violent crimes in a very short period of time. And again, oftentimes you can blame the plea bargains. You can say, all right, this is the breakdown of the criminal justice system where, you know, 97% of felony cases end up in plea bargains anyway, which only exacerbates this type of problem. This is not a case, well, there's a plea bargain involved, but it's not the plea bargain itself that's the problem. In this case, you've got an individual who's accused of shooting and killing a Mississippi trooper. Uh, Damian Whitley is accused, uh, he's a suspect, uh, one of a couple, I guess, in the murder of a Mississippi state trooper uh, who was killed while off-duty. Uh, he had a second job as a contractor for the U.S. Postal Service, and he had pulled over in Jefferson County, Mississippi, because of a flat tire. He called for help, but he was killed before help arrived. And again, the suspect, uh, Damian Whitley, Damian Whitley's mom says, that she tried to turn her son in for violating the terms of his probation before he allegedly killed this Mississippi State Trooper. But she says that the probation office did absolutely nothing despite her repeated attempts to get them to take her son into custody for violating the terms of his probation. Now, again, that should I make everybody furious. This is from the uh, uh, Sun-Herald newspaper. 25-year-old Damian Whitley, along with two others, a 24-year-old Tran Washington, 17-year-old Sidarius Martin, charged with first-degree murder in the August 7th death of Lieutenant Troy Morris with the Mississippi Highway Patrol. And according to the uh, Sun-Herald, Whitley's also facing murder and armed robbery charges in Gulfport, Mississippi, for a robbery and shooting death of a Bay St. Louis man, Delford Lewis, back on May 8th of 2019. And his mom says that her son never would have been involved in any of these crimes if his probation officers had taken action when she reported him repeatedly for violating his house arrest. He was on house arrest following a 2017 grand larceny conviction where he stole uh, several ATVs. And uh, his mom shared text messages between her and her son's probation office where she reached out for help. Uh, he was placed on house arrest. He was living with his mom at the time, but he packed up a, a bunch of clothes and left Thanksgiving night, 2018. His mom immediately called probation officers and said, hey, my son left and was told that her son had a new address and that this was, quote, none of her business. That alone, <laughs> I got to tell you, it makes my blood boil. Because 
It absolutely is. Even if this is her adult son, it absolutely is her business if her son's violating house arrest. And the, the, the response from the probation office should be, thank you for letting us know. Not, don't worry about it. None of your concern. She said she knew that her son didn't have a new address, was actually back on the streets. About a month later, she found her son's GPS monitoring device hidden under some clothes in his bedroom. So he had cut that off. Now, again, that was a month or so after he left the house, which means that the probation office should have been alerted a month prior that he had taken off his GPS monitor device, violating the terms of his house arrest, violating the terms of his probation, and he should have been picked up. She called the probation office to report it, and she said there were no consequences. Sun-Herald newspaper reached out to the Mississippi Department of Corrections for comments on the lack of supervision uh, that uh, Whitley received. Reached out to the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation as well. Neither, however, offered any comment on the ongoing investigation into the trooper's murder. Um, Damian Whitley's mom said, I don't want any mother to go through what I'm going through now. I tried to do something about it. I tried to tell his probation officer to check on him. I tried to keep him out of trouble. I feel like my, if my son had been monitored, he wouldn't have been involved in any of this. Now it's like I'm in a nightmare that I never imagined. I called these probation officers. I sent texts to them. Now it's too late for my son. It's too late for uh, Mississippi Highway Patrol Lieutenant Troy Morris as well. She said she hopes other mothers who have children in similar situations can get the help that they need before their children end up like her son. She says, I don't want any other mother to go through what I'm going through right now. I have come to terms with the fact that my son will never get out of prison. If he did it, he needs to be in jail. I'm not making excuses for him. I got to tell you, I, I feel for this mom. I really do. You know, her son is a grown damn man capable of making his own his own decisions and suffering the consequences. But it sounds like Deidre Madison, who is um, Damian Whitley's mom, it sounds like she tried to do the right thing on multiple occasions. And when the system lets down not just the mom, but in this case, the system let down Damian Whitley himself, by promising consequences but not delivering them, the system let down the, the, the public in Mississippi by promising that uh, they would keep an eye on this guy and then turning a blind eye, apparently, after he cut his GPS monitor device off. The system failed, but the system didn't fail just because. The system failed, it sounds like, because people didn't do their jobs. People didn't follow up. Individual probation officers did not make that call, did not check in, did not try to find her son. As far as we know, there were no active warrants out for his arrest, and there was no real urgency, no sense of urgency at all. When Damian Whitley's mom called that first time and said, my son has left the house, He's not supposed to leave. This is part of the terms of his probation. Can you do something? No urgency. No consequences. Now two murder charges. So there you go. Damian Whitley there in Mississippi. Today's uh, recidivist report.
Our armed citizen story of the day from uh, St. Louis, Missouri, where a pair of carjackers have been charged with murder after a uh, carjacking victim killed their accomplice in self-defense. Yeah, this is from uh, St. Louis County, South County Car Wash uh, over the weekend. Police were called out to reports of an armed robbery and a shooting. They found 18-year-old Brandon Whitfield dying of at least one gunshot wound. They responded to the scene of the classic car wash just before uh, 1.30 Sunday morning. It was pronounced dead at the scene. St. Louis prosecutors uh, charged Marcus Billingsley and Radonna Smith uh, with a slate of felonies in Whitfield's death. Along with second-degree murder, prosecutors also charged the pair with first-degree assault, first-degree robbery, vehicle hijacking, as well as four counts of armed criminal action. It is the uh, first known use in uh, South County of the newly enacted vehicle hijacking and carjacking law. They're currently being held in the St. Louis County Justice Center on a $250,000 cash-only bond. St. Louis County Police Department uh, noting uh, these are only charges. You're innocent until proven guilty. Uh, But again, they are alleged to have taken part in this attempted armed robbery that led to the death of one of their accomplices. According to a probable cause statement from detectives, uh, Marcus uh, Billingsley, excuse me, uh, uh, the, the victim in this case, uh, was able to defend himself when uh, 18-year-old Brandon Whitfield, Marcus Billingsley, and uh, Radonna Smith uh, approached the victim. Uh, he was washing his car in a stall at the car wash. The uh, trio robbed the men. Billingsley stole the man's cell phone. Uh, LaDonna Smith was in the car, apparently, when Billingsley and Whitfield got out of the car to rob the victim. When Billingsley went into the victim's car, Whitfield and the victim started a fight. The victim shot and killed Whitfield. That's when Billingsley got out of the car, exchanged gunfire with the victim. Uh, Billingsley fled the car wash, was picked up by Smith, who drove him to the hospital for uh, his injuries. Uh, Smith had been with Billingsley and Whitfield earlier that night when they discussed stealing a car. They'd also spoken about at least one previous time. They uh, spotted the victim at the car wash and, again, just decided to sort of spur the moment that there was their victim. Uh, Billingsley and Smith caught Monday in an apartment where the victim's cell phone and multiple pistols were found. And the uh, victim in this case does not appear to have suffered any serious injuries, thankfully. Um, But now, again, the uh, two surviving suspects in that attempted armed robbery facing murder charges in the death of their accomplice. The uh, armed citizen acting in self-defense not facing any charges at all. Finally today, we've got our good deed of the day. I got to tell you, I really, uh, really love this story. Take a look at this picture. This is just a simple little story. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to be an earth-shattering headline. But it's a simple act of kindness caught on camera in St. Mary Parish. This was early Sunday morning. Uh, Officer with the St. Mary Sheriff's Office identified as Officer Billy uh, pulled over, saw the man struggling to repair a flat tire, actually fixed the flat. Uh, with a a plug kit that he had in the car. The uh, mother of the driver ended up uh, sharing the story uh, on Facebook. Just again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, help a guy out with a flat tire on the uh, side of the road. So Officer Billy, there with the uh, St. St. Mary Parish Sheriff's Department, say that five times fast. We thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. 
again, go and just check the backdrop of uh, your kid's bedroom or wherever they're uh, uh, doing their schoolwork online right now. Make sure that there are no Nerf guns, airsoft guns, nunchucks, Chinese throwing stars, butter knives. I don't know. Just make sure that uh, it is a safe and sterile environment to avoid any uh, public school freakouts by your kids' teachers. And we'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media at YouTube. That way you never miss a program. Also, you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're Whatever platform you like to use to get your fine podcast, that's where you'll find us. In the meantime, be safe, be well, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company.